everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Konnichiwa, minasan. Kyo no topic wa Nihon de no Akia nitsuite o In today's episode, I'm going to talk about Japan's abandoned homes or what Japan calls Akia. Due to population decline, aging society, and urbanization in general, the number of empty homes in Japan keeps growing, mostly the ones in the rural areas or the countryside. All in all, one in seven houses in Japan are empty. An article stated that if all Akias were gathered together in one place, it would match the size of Hokkaido. As of 2019, there are over 8 million Akias in Japan, and year by year, this number keeps growing. Experts estimate that by 2030, 30% of the houses in Japan will be empty. Most recently, though, many foreigners or foreign investors have shown interest in purchasing these akias because they are sold for a very low price, sometimes as low as 4 million yen. Most of the buyers are interested in renovating these homes because, overall, after taking the renovation cost into consideration, it could be cheaper than buying a new house. Of course, it also depends on the condition of the house. If it's big or very dilapidated, then the renovation cost would be enormous. In some cases, renovation might not be possible at all, and you may have to demolish the entire building, then rebuild from ground up. FYI, labor cost in Japan is very high, so I would recommend learning some DIY skills to minimize the renovation cost. I had zero DIY skills when I bought my home in the countryside. And it had cost me tons of money just to fix small damages. The growing number of Akia has led to a rise of Akia related businesses. There are actually websites now that specialize in selling and buying these homes, the most popular one being Akia Bank, which is not actually a bank. If you are interested in buying one of these, please note that it's not that straightforward. Most Akias are still being handled by their local municipalities. So, if you want to buy them, you need to go through them first. And in the typical Japanese fashion, you also need to register your information first before inquiring about these houses. I imagine you would need to jump through hoops before you can get your hands on one of these babies, especially if you're not a Japanese citizen. In some small towns, the government actually lets people have the Akia for free. With strict conditions attached. The persons interested in this free Akia must agree to live in the town for several years before they get the title to their house, which I think is fairly reasonable because the ultimate goal is for people to repopulate and revitalize the rural areas which are rapidly dying. So that's problem number one. It's a hassle, but I think it's fair. The second problem is a little bit more ambiguous. Inheritance issues are a common challenge associated with Akia in Japan. When a property owner dies, without leaving a clear will or without heirs, the property may be left unclaimed or in legal limbo, which can make it difficult for potential buyers to buy the property and renovate it. In some cases, the local government may seize the property and sell it at an auction. But this process can be lengthy and may not result in a clear title to the property anyway. On top of that, potential heirs of the family of the deceased might fight for the property ownership, which can make the process even more complicated and frustrating. 
One of the reasons why the Japanese government is handing out these akiyas like freebies is because over the past decade, the government has been trying to depopulate the big cities, especially Tokyo. They even went as far as paying families off to leave Tokyo. According to the latest information I read, Tokyo government is paying families with children 1 million yen per child if they agree to leave the city. Only time will tell whether that plan will work out or not. So overall, Japan is focusing on buyers who actually want to use these akiyas for something, not just investors. So for those of you living overseas, you might have to think about moving here first. Recently, Kyoto government announced that it will impose an empty house tax starting fiscal year 2026. The name says it all. People who own houses in Kyoto but don't live in them must now pay tax. How much you have to pay depends on the age and price of the house. If it's really old or if the value is close to nothing, then you might be safe. Or if you bought the house then got transferred elsewhere by your company, then you are exempted from the new law as well. The new law is expected to bring Kyoto an additional 900 million yen in tax revenue per year. The government is hoping that by doing this, it will get people to sell these empty homes instead of abandoning them. Because Kyoto is actually in short supply of houses. Many families with children are having trouble finding a place to live. As it stands, only about 2,000 houses are on sale in Kyoto, whereas the population is estimated to be about 1.5 million people. And the reason why some of these property owners refuse to sell the houses is multifold. If the property value continues to go up, then investors might be reluctant to sell. On the other hand, if the property value is worth nothing, then the owner might not bother selling at all. I mean, what's the point unless you really, really need the money? On the other hand, not everyone wants to buy an Akia despite them being cheap. Not only are some of them located in the middle of nowhere, some of them are considered stigmatized properties, or what they call in Japanese, jikobukken. This is when a property has a negative reputation, which can include death, murder, criminal activities, environmental hazard, or paranormal activities. So be sure you check with a realtor before you buy or rent any properties in Japan. They are obliged by law to tell you if a property has a dark history, but you'll never know which realtor is willing to bend the rules. The residents who live near Akias, however, have other things to worry about, aside from ghosts and biohazard materials. The longer you leave these Akias unattended, the sooner they will crumble. And the more they crumble, the more of an eyesore they become. The local authority has asked these owners to maintain the condition of their houses, even if they don't live in them. Of course, not many of them heed to the warning. After all, if these houses become dilapidated, it can invite a lot of safety and sanitary issues which could bother the neighbor. For example, during typhoon season, any loose roof tiles may get blown off and hit another house. Animals might also start nesting there. Fortunately, Japan doesn't have any squatter issue, which is a common problem with empty homes overseas. Although... There was one case back in 2008 where a woman was found squatting in a man's closet for one year. Which is insane! One week I get, 
But one year? The squatter must have had ninja training. The guy living there only got suspicious because his food kept going missing. And he didn't have a dog. He didn't speak ill of her though. After she was arrested, he told the police she was neat and clean. Probably two words you'd never use to describe someone who's secretly hiding in your closet. And he's lucky she wasn't a psycho. The story could have played out differently. Hmm. Well, in the recent years, Akias have also become a popular target for robbers. In January, two brothers were arrested for breaking into over 100 Akias around Yamagata Prefecture. They would then sell their stolen loot online and in thrift stores. I mean, I get where they're coming from. Breaking and entering someone's home is wrong, yeah. But selling junks that the owner has probably forgotten about? Yeah, makes sense. If anything, it's kind of helpful. As the saying goes, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And don't ask me how I know, but many Akias do still have a lot of stuff in them. Surprisingly so. Sometimes you wonder if they had left in a hurry or if something tragic had happened to them. It's an eerie feeling looking at someone else's belongings all covered in dust. Really. You can't help but imagine what's the story behind them. Another problem with Akia is that having too many Akias in one area will drive the property prices around that area down. New residents might be reluctant to move in, therefore speeding up the decline of the town. Without a stable population, services like supermarkets, medical centers, care homes, schools, shops, and restaurants won't be readily available. And when these services disappear, so will the people. Akia banks have often been criticized for their lack of foresight. They focus on selling these houses, but first and foremost, people need a reason to buy a property in a specific area, be it a job, investment, convenience, or family. If the Akia is well-maintained, I guess it doesn't really matter, right? But if it gets to that point where the house looks like it had survived a North Korean missile, that's a big issue. And there are many Akias like this, dilapidated, half in ruins, overgrown by trees and plants. I ask one of my Japanese acquaintances why the owner doesn't demolish the house or something. They told me that the demolition cost can be pretty expensive, roughly around 2 or 3 million yen on average for standard-sized houses. There is also another weird reason why demolishing the house might not be the best idea. The property tax where a building still stands can be three times cheaper than property tax without buildings. So if you demolish the house, then you'll end up paying higher tax. Which is mind-boggling. I thought, well, maybe Japan can conserve these places and turn them into historical site or something. Nope. Most houses in Japan are not built to last. 30 or 50 years tops. After that, they start to crumble and living in them would be kind of dangerous. Of course, any house that's on the market will have to be inspected for its safety first. It's not like they'll just sell you a house half eaten by termites. Of course, not all houses have a short expiry date. Many traditional Japanese houses have lasted for centuries. It's the modern Japanese houses that have shorter lifespans. One reason for this is the building codes and regulations in Japan. 
The Japanese government requires that buildings be demolished after 30 to 50 years depending on the building's use and location in order to prevent them from becoming unsafe and potentially collapsing during earthquakes or other natural disasters. This is because Japan is located in an earthquake-prone region, and building codes are designed to ensure that buildings can withstand seismic activity. Another reason is that many modern Japanese homes are built using lightweight materials and techniques such as wood and steel frames, which are more vulnerable to damage from earthquakes and other natural disasters. While these materials are cheaper and easier to construct, they may not last as long as traditional materials such as stone and clay. Anyway, what do you think? Are you interested in getting yourself an Akia? If you ever dream of becoming a farmer, now it'd be your chance. Yeah, kyo wa kokomare desu. Thank you for listening everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you'd follow my channel. Also, feel free to message me on Instagram. See you next time! Thank you.